ومن سلك طريقا يلتمس فيه علما سهل الله له به طريقا إلى الجنة إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شر أنفسنا ومن سيئة أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد <coughs> So welcome to the first session uh, of this one day door of Ibn Allah Ta'ala in which we'll study the book of Shaykh Abdul Salam Burgess Rahimahullah on Usulu Da'wat Salafiyya on the foundations of Al-Da'wat Salafiyya As for the author he was a alim a sheikh called Abdul Salam Ibn Abdul Karim Al-Burgess Rahimahullah Ta'ala Rahmatan Wasi'a who was from the ulama of Riyadh he died in 2004 and in that same year he also visited the United Kingdom. And then afterwards he died uh, coming back to Riyadh from one of the cities close by. He was a alim, a muhaqiq, a person who's of knowledge and he resembled Imam al-Nawawi rahimahullah ta'ala rahmatan wasi'a. He died at the age of roughly about 38. Like when you look at his books, you will realize that it was as if a 70-year-old person had written the book and if he was alive today he would be among the hate of kibar al-ulama may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy upon him the title as you can see the title that he has authored the book well it was initially a lecture which was transcribed into a book the lecture or the title was usul the foundations of Asal is that which you build other things on top of it Asal is a foundation that you build other things upon As for Adda'wa then it is the call As for As-Salafiyya then it is what it relates to the manhaj, the methodology of the Salafus Salih. So when you hear al-manhaj al-Salafi, or the Salafi manhaj, or the Salafi da'wah, it is that which was revealed upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in the Mount of Hira, and that which the companions were upon, and their followers, the Tabi'un, and the Atba'u Tabi'een. It is the pure, clean, Sunnah, and methodology of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And it is to understand the Qur'an of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala and the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam upon the understanding of the Salafus Salih upon the understanding of the righteous predecessors those who lived with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam meaning the companions who witnessed the revelation coming down upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam also the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam praised them and he said خَيْرُ النَّاسِ قَرْنِي ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ 
the best of the people are my generation, then those that come after them, and then those that come after them. So we follow their methodology because they witnessed the revelation of the Prophet, the revelation coming down upon the Prophet. We follow their methodology because the Prophet praised them. We follow their prophet their methodology because none of the Sahaba alayhim, deviated during the time of the Prophet وسلم, or after the Prophet. So that is why we follow them. And that is what differentiates all of the people of Bid'ah, or that's what differentiates Da'wah Salafiyyah or the Salafi methodology from all of the other deviant sects. You will find all of the other deviant sects and groups, they will use verses from the Quran of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to evidence their misguidance, or hadiths from the Sunnah of the Prophet to support their misguidance. Like one thing they cannot do is bring the statements of the Sahaba to support their misguidance. For example, the Khawarij, they will use the verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to justify them declaring other Muslims to be kuffar. However, they can't use the statements of the companions because they actually fought against the companions of the Prophet sallallahu And Abdullah ibn Abbas, when Ali radiallahu anhu sent him to debate with the Khawarij to bring them back to the truth, to the correct guidance, one of the things, one of the hujjahs or proofs he used against them was, I have come to you, O Khawarij, I have come to you to debate you, and I have come to you from the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa I've come from the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and I have come to you, and there is not a single one of them among you. A single one of who? The companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa So one thing that Abdullah ibn Abbas used as a hujjah, as a proof to show the khawarij that they were upon falsehood is that he said to them, there's not a single companion among you. Also, if we find, or if we look into all of the other deviant sects or groups, we're able to pinpoint their starting point. And this is very important that you understand and that you write down. Every other group, we are able to pinpoint their starting point. And they themselves cannot deny that. Whether it's the Khawarij who fought against the companions of the Prophet whether it is the people who denied the decree or the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They appeared in Iraq after the death of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam during the time of the younger Sahaba, alayhim. If we look at the Mu'tazila, a man by the name of Wasil ibn Atta' is who started the Mu'tazila. The Mu'tazila are a deviant sect that go back to their logic and their opinions in understanding the Sunnah of the Prophet and the Kitab of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he left the gathering of Al-Hasan al-Basri and that's why they were called the Mu'tazila. So we have a name for them. The Ash'ari, they go back to Abu Hassan al-Ash'ari who was 
a man that was born after the hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam by about two hundred and forty years, two hundred and sixty years or so. So that's when he was born after the hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And even with Abu Hassan al Ash'ari, he went through three different stages. He was upon the methodology of a deviant sect, and then he left them. And in the second stage, he went to another deviant sect, and then he left them. And then thirdly, he came back to the methodology of the Salaf al-Salih, the Imam of the Salaf, the belief of the Salaf. So the Ashaira that you hear now, they are upon the second level that he was upon, the second deviant sect. The same thing for Abu, Mas- Abu Mansur al-Maturudi, who was roughly around the same time of Abu Hassan al-Ash'ari, who a lot of the Diyabandis go back to today, the prairies who they take their aqidah from, and a lot of the Hanafis, or Ahnaf. If we look at Ikhwan al-Muslimin, they take their da'wah, or their person who authored their da'wah, or started or founded their da'wah, was Hassan al-Banna, Hassan al-Banna. If we look to Jama'at al-Tabliq, we can find a person who founded their da'wah who they don't deny. Now these things that I mention in, they're not opinions, they're just facts that they themselves agree with. So the Jama'at al-Tabliq, Muhammad al-Yas, Kandahlawi. He's the individual that start, started Jama'at al-Tabliq just under 100 years ago or so. However, if you look to a da'wah salafiyyah or the salafi methodology, you won't find a single person that started it. Yes, they'll probably say Sheikh Rabi' Hafidahullah or Sheikh Muhammad Amal Jami and they'll say Madakhil or Jamiya. But the problem that you have there is that we have many imams of the salaf calling to the methodology of the salaf that were before these great sheikhs. Even if they say Muhammad Abdul Wahab, the problem we have there is that there were imams before Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab that called towards the methodology of the Salaf al-Salih. If we go back slightly to the 700th century, 7th century, we will find Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah. They'll say, you're Taymiyyun, or you go back to Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah. But the problem we have there is that we have many imams i.e. the Salaf al-Salih, we have them who were way before Imam or Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah. Therefore, when you're talking of facts, there's no way that you can pinpoint the methodology of the Salaf al-Salih in a way other than saying that it was what the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the companions were upon. And that in of itself should be an encouragement for us to hold on to this great methodology because we leave off the opinions of men for the opinions of the revelation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and if we look into the Quran and the Sunnah we find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it compulsory upon us to follow their methodology Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَمَنْ يُشَاقِقِ الرَّسُولَ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا تَبَيَّنَ لَهُ الْهُدَى وَيَتَّبِعَ غَيْرَ سَبِيلِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ نُوَلِّهِ مَا تَوَلَّى وَنُصْلِهِ جَهَنَّمَ وَسَاءَتْ مَصِيرًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Whomsoever 
opposes the Prophet ﷺ after the guidance has been made clear to him. So whoever, number one, opposes the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, and he follows a way other than the sabil of the mu'mineen, other than a way from the path of the believers. And who were the believers during the time of the revelation coming down? The companions of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Allah jalla wa'ala says that in Surah An-Nisa. Also, Allah subhanahu wa taala says, "فَإِنْ آمَنُوا بِمِثْلِ مَا آمَنْتُمْ بِهِ فَقَدِ اهْتَدَوْا." If and when they believe in that which you believe in, then they are guided, and that is referring to the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Also, Allah subhanahu wa taala said in praising them, "وَالسَّابِقُونَ الْأَوَّلُونَ مِنَ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنْصَارِ وَالَّذِينَ اتَّبَعُوهُمْ بِإِحْسَانٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ وَرَضُوا عَنْهُ." Allah jalla wa taala says, talking about those who accepted Islam from the get-go, the سَابِقُونَ الْأَوَّلُونَ the مُهَاجِرُونَ and the أَنْصَارِ وَالَّذِينَ اتَّبَعُوهُمْ بِإِحْسَانٍ and then those who followed them in goodness. So in this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala split Muslims, believers, into three. Muhajirun, those that migrated from Makkah. Obviously, we can't be from them, sah? We did not migrate from Makkah. Wal-Ansar, those that helped the companions of the Muhajirun that resided in Medina. And obviously, we cannot be from who? The Ansar, because we weren't in Medina during the time of the Prophet We did not welcome the Prophet So we can't be from those two categories Lakin the category that we can be upon Is Those who followed them in goodness As long as we follow them in goodness And goodness means we follow them upon the Quran and the Sunnah And how they understood the Quran and the Sunnah then as long as we do that, we are upon their methodology. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us among those people. So that is a brief introduction into the Salafi manhaj or methodology. Also, the Salafi methodology or the Salafi manhaj is not specific or exclusive to any group of people. Nor is it exclusive or specific to any land. <clears throat> so no one can say to you now, if you want to be a Salafi, you have to acknowledge my existence or the existence of my Sheikh. And no one can say to you, if you want to be a Salafi upon the Salafi methodology, you have to go with me to a certain location, a certain lesson, a certain conference. No one can say that to you. Because Salafiyyah is not something that a person possesses in their hand, whereby they're giving out ID cards in order to be upon the Salafi methodology. Just like La ilaha illallah is in, not in the hands of anyone, then a salafiyah is not in the hands of anyone. And if you find the group of people, and the Shaykh will say, talk about this in the group, in the book, inshallah, if you find the group of people saying we are salafis, and the only way that you can be a salafi is if you take from us, and you come to our lectures, or our conferences, or our gatherings, or you take from our scholars, if someone appears to be or does that, then they are a sect like any other sect because the Salafi methodology is not upon any of that. So even our grandparents 
who had no idea of the word Salafi are Salafiyun as long as they don't come with something that contradicts the methodology of the Salafu Salih and I will give you an example if I were to ask many of you or some of you what the categories of Tawheed are what are you going to say? Three types Tawheed Al-Uluhiyya Tawheed Al-Gububiyya and Tawheed Al-Asma Al-Sifat If we were to ask our parents or our grandparents what are the types of Tawheed do you think they will answer in the way that you've just answered? No. Does that make them less of muwahideen, people on Tawheed, than you? No. Just because you know it, it doesn't mean that they're not muwahideen. Yes, knowledge, the knowledge you have might make you better than in terms of being able to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's something else. But it doesn't take them out of the Tawheed of Allah. Likewise, if they don't know the word Salafiyyah, and they don't know who the Salafu Salih are, or the scholars of the Salaf are, individually, then it doesn't matter. As long as they follow the Qur'an and the Sunnah, and they practice it how Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, and Ali radiallahu anhum practiced it. That's extremely important to understand, because you will find people saying to you that you are restricting Islam. The ones that are restricting Islam are the ones that are saying join our group whether it's Jama'at al-Tabliq Jama'at al-Ikhwan al-Muslimin Jama'at al-Ashairah these are the people that are restricting Islam like in the people that are living in the Badia they're Salafiyun the people that are living in the cities they're Salafiyun the people that don't attend lessons they're Salafiyun as long as they uphold the Quran and the Sunnah upon the understanding of the companions if we go into the book, the Sheikh is going to mention, Rahimahullah, 10, uh, 10 foundations from the foundations of the Salafi methodology. And it doesn't mean that the Salafi methodology consists of these 10 only. Rather, the foundations of the Salaf or the Salafi are many. And they are mentioned in the books of Aqeedah. However, the Shaykh Rahimahullah mentioned 10 foundations that differentiate the Ahlul Sunnah of today from the Ahlul Bid'ah of today. The Shaykh Rahimahullah mentions 10 foundations that differentiate the Ahlul Sunnah of today from the Ahlul Bid'ah of today. And that is why, or that is why, Many of the Imams of the Sunnah, they mention certain things found during their time. So for example, you will find that in the books of Aqeedah, you will find Al-Mas'al Al-Khufayn, wiping of the socks. Now wiping of the socks, you may, you may say it is a fiqh issue, why is it in the books of Aqeedah? Like in the reason why it's in the books of Aqeedah is because there are deviant groups during the time of the Salaf from the Khawarij and the Shia that denied the wiping of the socks. So that became something that differentiates them from Ahlul Sunnah. Also, you will find why are the Salaf saying, Stawa al Arsh? Allah Jalla wa'ala rose above his throne. Why? Because there are those from Ahlul Bid'ah that what? That deny this. 
What about seeing of Allah, the seeing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Muslims, see, the believers seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yawm al-qiyamah, kathalik, likewise. The Salaf, they write these in their books because there are those that differed with Ahl-Sunnah. So the Shaykh, rahimahullah, is going to mention those points that differentiate Ahl-Sunnah of today from Ahl-Bid'ah of today. So the Shaykh says in his Muqaddimah, rahimahullah, as an introduction, as an introduction, he's going to mention the Hamdala and the reason why he authored the book or he gave this lecture initially. Let's say authored the book for now. He's going to mention the reason why he authored the book and then in the introduction he's going to mention some brief monuments or ma'alim from the Salafi methodology and then he's going to talk about or mention some of the scholars that from some of the scholars of Ahl-Sunnah and then he's going to go into the foundation specifically. So he says, Rahimahullah, inna alhamdulillahi nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu Then he goes on to say, amma ba'd So that is called the khutbatul haja That is called the khutbatul haja I've summarized it simply because of time So he says, the shaykh says, Rahimahullah فَقَدْ قَامَتِ الدَّعْوَةُ السَّلَفِيَةِ And I assume you do have the PDFs You should have the PDFs, it was sent out over a week ago And obviously if you're in a class, it's always good to have the book because otherwise you're going to be bored and also the teacher is going to seem like he's talking to himself and if you've got your devices maybe you can get it out it's in the groups the shaykh says rahimahullah ta'ala rahmatan wasi'a faqad qamat wa ba'd faqad qamat al-da'wat al-salafiyyatu ala ba'd al-usooli wal-lati bayanat biha ma'adaha min al-firaq al-nakibati an-sirat al-mustaqim wa-laqad da'ani li-jam'iha amrani zahirani so the Shaykh says, Rahimahullah, that Da'wah Salafiyya has foundations that make it different or distinguish it from the other types of, the other groups who have deviated from the correct path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he says, I decided to author this because of two reasons. There are two reasons that this I decided to mention this or give this lecture and these foundations. So the Shaykh is going to mention two reasons. And I'm going to add three reasons why we're studying it now, inshallah. I'm going to add three reasons why we're studying it. The very first one, the Sheikh says, الأمر الأول ما رأيته ورآه غيري من تعلق بعد الجماعات الإسلامية الحزبية البعيدة عن منهج السلف بهذا الاسم الطاهر الشريف أو ما أدى إلى معناه من الانتساب إلى السلف الصالح رضوان الله تعالى عليهم أجمعين الذين قال فيهم النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم خير الناس قرني so he says the first reason why I decided to mention these foundations is because there are many groups who claim to be upon the methodology of the Prophet ﷺ who claim this noble name and this noble title of Al-Manhaj As-Salafi. So because of that, I decided to make it clear what is the methodology of the Salaf Salih. And the reason why he's going to mention knowledge as the first asal, the first foundation, is because the only way that you can differentiate, uh, the only way that you can differentiate the haq, the truth, from the falsehood, is if you have knowledge of it. The only way that you can know the truth from the falsehood and the correct methodology from all of the other divert, uh, deviant methodologies is if you have knowledge of it. So the Shaykh Rahimahullah is going to spe- is going to mention these. فأخذت هذه الجماعات الحزبية تصدر كتبها ورسائلها باسم سلف وأهل السنة 
وهم بهذا العمل يدسون سم في العسل ويختفون وراء هذا اللقب للتلبيس والتضليل وكم والله في هذه الكتب ورسائل من مباينة للمنهج السلفي ونصرة لمذهب الخلوف والفرق الطالة كالخوارج والمعتزلة والصوفية سيد الشيخ سيد رحمه الله Every time they author a book, they author a book and they title it Al-Manhaj Al-Salafi or they claim to be upon the methodology of the Salaf Al-Salih whereas in reality, uh, isn't the AC on? Hmm? Please, yeah. So the Sheikh says, Rahimahullah, that yes, they claim to be upon the methodology of the Salaf Al-Salih lacking when you look at their books, they contradict the methodology of the Salaf Al-Salih. They contradict... The methodology of the Salaf al-Salih. And that's the easiest way of knowing if a person is upon the haqq or not. So you will find in their books that they call to revolting against the Muslim rulers. That's one. Then you learn that the aqeed of the Salaf is to not revolt against the rulers. And this is just an example. So then you're able to tell, no, hold on, you're not upon the manager of the Salaf. Because if you were, you wouldn't, said, you wouldn't have said X, Y, Z. So that is what... Well, that's what caused the Shaykh, rahimahullah, to author this. And then he says, Al-Amr thani, thani, the second reason, ما قامت به هذه الجماعات أو بعضها من التعلق ببعض أهل السنة والجماعة لتحقيق هذا في معين إنما يوصل إليه عن طريق هذا الشخص الذي تعلق به وهو في الحقيقة بريء كل البراءة من هذا التعلق ولكي يكون الكلام واضحا فإنني أقول إن جماعة الإخوان المسلمين دندنوا حول الجهود الشيخ محمد إبراهيم على الشيخ رحمه الله فيما يسمونه بالحاكمية Then he says the second reason why I'm authoring this book or I mention in these foundations is because these deviant groups and sects and parties, they have held on to some of the people of, of Ahlul Sunnah, some of the works of the people of Ahlul Sunnah. And he mentions Sheikh Ibrahim al Sheikh Rahimahullah, who was the Mufti of uh, Saudi Arabia before Ibn Baz Rahimahullah. The Mufti of Saudi Arabia before Ibn Baz Rahimahullah. And he has a book called Tahkim al Qawanin, in which he states, in one of the reasons or one of the points that he mentions is that if a person rules by other than the Sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala using man made laws, then he is not a Muslim. Now, this masala, you might not understand it because it was around during their time. Lakin, he says, this Shaykh Rahimahullah, that whoever governs by man made laws, then he is a kafir. That was one mas'ala that he said in the book. Although everything else that is found in the book is sound. Lakin, you will find that many of the other scholars of Ahlul Sunnah, they don't say that specific thing. They don't say that he's a kafir. Like Ibn Baz, Ibn Uthaymin, Ibn, uh, Ibn Baz, rahimahullah. So they picked that shaykh out of everyone else. And not all of his works, not all of his books or explanations, like in just that specific work, Tahkim al-Qawanin, that specific book, not because they are happy with his methodology, like in because it supports their ideology of believing that anyone who rules by other than the Sharia of Allah is a kafir automatically. And that is normal for the Ahlul Bid'ah, because they will only use you for their benefit. If they think that you can benefit them in any way, they will take advantage of you. That is why some of the mashayikh, they say, Ahlul Bid'ah, with regards to the ulama of the sunnah, they use four different methodologies. They use four different ways. 
They use something which is called, and this is with the students of knowledge and the mashayikh of Ahlul Sunnah. They use something which is called al-ihtiwa. Al-ihtiwa, meaning they bring him close and they try to uh, show him a good face, invite him to their gatherings and so on. That is one way. And often they use that method with people who are unsuspecting. Whether they're scholars, whether they're students of knowledge, whether they're du'at, they use that methodology with people that are unsuspecting of their innovative ways. Another method that they use is something which is called tahmish, which means they totally disregard them. And whenever they talk about scholars, they won't mention this specific scholar. So for example, Ahlul Bid'ah, when they're talking about scholars, you won't find them mentioning people like Imam Nasir al-Din al-Bani rahimahullah. Why? Because he was harsh against the people of Bid'ah. You won't find them mentioning people like Sheikh Muhammad Aman al-Jami rahimahullah. Or you won't find them mentioning Imams like Sheikh Rabi'i hafidhahullah. Or you won't find them mentioning people like Sheikh Salih al-Fawzan hafidhahullah. Why? Because these great Imams, they don't think that they can benefit from them in any way. Because their works are full of refuting Ahlul Bid'ah. They don't believe that they can bring them close in any way. Another way that they use with students of Mashaykh is something which is called Talmi' where they promote them and they honor them and they put them at the front of everything at the front of uh, all the events that they are doing because they think that they can use that individual to gain supporters and they do that with Salaf in Mashaykh and Salaf in Du'at Salaf students of knowledge so for example when we see a student of knowledge going to a people of innovation and they honor him and they glorify him, we're going to think, well, if they're glorifying this person or honoring this person who's from a person of the Sunnah, then they must be upon the haq. It happens all the time. When you see a person of the Sunnah or known to be upon the Sunnah or once upon a time known to be upon the Sunnah, going to these institutes, that is an automatic tezakiah for them. You're praising them. That person has praised them, whether they realize or not. And then that person is a source of misguidance. Although he doesn't intend to be, like they become a source of misguidance. So for example, to make it clear to you, if you or one of your, if one of your mashaykh of the salaf, or one of, the stu- your teacher, one of your teachers, goes to an institute from the institutes of Ahlul Bid'ah, are you going to think that that institute is, a mubtadi- is a, a, an institute that is deviated? Like you're going to think they're upon the what? Upon the sunnah. Because why else would my teacher go there? Because my teacher, I know, alhamdulillah, he's a Salafi. If he's going to these institutes, then it must mean that they are Salafis. And that is one of the ways that they misguide the shabab. There's another way called tamir, which is that they totally uh, disparage or belittle that alim as if he's nothing and so on. Taib. So the Sheikh says, Rahimahullah, <clears throat> that they're taking advantage of these mashayikh in that way. Not because, it benef- not because they believe what he believes, lacking they believe that it would benefit them. These two reasons are the reasons why the Sheikh, Rahimahullah, mentioned this. We can add another three reasons. Number one, or we can say the third reason, or number one, why it's important to have lessons on the Salafi methodology 
and distinguishing the Salafi methodology is because not many people now teach it, even among the Salafis. <clears throat> it is not taught like it used to be taught. And people do not talk about or the Salafi du'at, the Salafi mashaykh. It, the methodology of the Salaf al-Salih is not taught in the sense clearly taught this is the Salafi methodology XYZ and these are the deviant sects that and they oppose Ahlul Sunnah in XYZ that is not taught so often today and that's the waqi' that's the reality of it and because of this we find some of the Shabab the students of knowledge in this country and in other than that they're not able to differentiate between who's upon the haq and who's not upon the haq. They've attached themselves to personalities. They haven't attached themselves to the Salafi methodology. And that is not a fault of these students. It is a fault of those people that are not teaching the Salafi methodology. If it is not being taught, how else are people meant to know about it? You will find about 20 or 23 years ago or so on, there were many lessons on the Salafi methodology. There were many lessons clarifying the Salafi methodology, teaching the people what they were, instilling it and embedding it in them. And Sheikh Ali can justify, mention that. It was taught in abundance. Every time the Mashaykh would come from abroad, that's exactly what they would be teaching. And they would mention the deviant sects, where they have deviated. And then you would get a student of knowledge who knew who the Salafi Mashaykh were, who knew what Da'wah Salafiyah was, who knew who the deviants were, and who would stay away from them. Like in now you don't find that. Now you will find fiqh, mashallah, been taught. Usulul fiqh been taught. Al-Qawaid al-Fiqhiyah been taught. The foundations of Mustallah Hadith been taught. Tafsir been taught. Like in it is as if that weakness has come into the Salafis, whereby the Salafi manhaj is not taught, and that leads to our shabab sometimes going to the Ikhwan Muslimin and to Jama'at al-Tabliq maybe doing Dawaf around the earth for 40 days and other times coming to the Salafi gatherings. And it's not your fault. It's not the fault of the shabab. So that is the first reason. Also, the second reason is anyone who talks about clarifying the Salafi methodology and refuting Ahlul Bid'ah and staying away from Ahlul Bid'ah, he is now looked as an extremist. They would say he's from the Ghulat. He's an extremist. All he has said is follow the Salafi methodology. Stay away from Ahlul Bid'ah. Yet you will be labelled an extremist. And I'm sure every single one of you can bear witness to that. You're an extremist. Simply for saying, do not sit with this individual because he's a deviant and his deviance is X, Y, Z. And that he is opposed to the Salafi methodology. Like you're looked at as an extremist. And it has become a taboo to talk about these sorts of topics. As if you're talking about drug dealing, subhanAllah. It has become a taboo. So the more it is taught, the less of a taboo it becomes. And the more it is taught the less people will say it's extremism because it will become the norm. And I will read to you towards the end of the lesson, inshallah, or the last session, some of the statements of the Salaf al-Salih 
some of the tabi'een, the salaf salih and the companions, in how they distance themselves from the people of bid'ah. And then we can realize it is not something that is practiced, it's, it's a type of extremism that is practiced in the UK in 2023. Like, and because these narrations are not mentioned, then this, the, the young person uh, starts to believe that anyone that talks about individuals is splitting the ummah. And the third reason is that, and this third reason goes back to the other two reasons, lacking the fact that many of our Muslim brothers, whether it's Duat, whether it's students, they are ignorant of the trickery of the deviant sects. For example, Ikhwan Muslimin, Jama'at Tabliq, and so on. They don't know their tricks. And the games that they play in order to get numbers And that is important to know As you know Hudayf ibn Yaman radiallahu anhu He used to ask the Prophet sallallahu About fitan Things to do with fitan and trials and tribulations That will come into the ummah Not so that he can practice it But so that he can what? Stay away from it That's why the poet said I knew that I learned of the evil not because of it being evil itself, like so that I can stay away from it. And whoever doesn't know the evil from the truth or the, the good, then he will fall into the evil, not knowing it is evil. So that is why the Samadaras in this masjid are based on the Aqidah and the Salafi, the Salafi methodology. Last week as you studied with Sheikh Abu Sa'ad, today as we shall finish this Risala, and in two weeks time, inshaAllah ta'ala. So that is with regards to the first part. Then the Sheikh says, أعوذ فأقوله If I come back, he says, لما رأيت هذا العمل المشين من هذه الجماعات أثر على بعض شبابنا وخدعهم بمثل هذه الشعارات أحببت أن أذكر أصولا لدعوة السلفية بها يتميز أهل الحق من غيرهم يتميز السلفي حقا من المدعي الكاذب. The Sheikh says, رحمه الله, having seen this and how these deviant groups have misled our youth I decide and the fact that they are misled by these slogans that they say we're upon the Salafi methodology we're this we're upon Ahlul Sunnah because of this the Sheikh says Rahimahullah I decided to mention some of the foundations of Ahlul Sunnah and these foundations they differentiate between the person who is upon the Salafi methodology upon the Sunnah of the Prophet and those that are not upon the Sunnah of the Prophet and only then can you know who's upon the sunnah. That's why Ali said, do not know, you do not know, or you will not know the men by the truth. Or you won't know the truth by the men. Meaning, because you know this individual and this individual and this individual, you can't say, wallah, they're upon the haqq. You can't say, wallah, that's Albani ibn Baz ibn Usaymin. Khalas, they must be upon the haqq. La. Like once you know the truth, then you will know who is upon it. If I give an example, some of the Sufis today, they will say to you that we have du'as that our Sheikh Habib Umar, he was taught by the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam directly. MashaAllah. 1,400 years later, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam came down to him and revealed upon him a specific du'a. No, Allah, I'm not joking. They actually, he, he recites the du'a. They, they recite the du'a and they teach each other that du'a. 
So that individual, that Sufi, that extreme Sufi, he is saying the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam came down or came to me in my dream or wherever it was. The most important thing is he met the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam taught him this dua. Taib, you as a young person who is a student of knowledge, when you hear this nonsense from this Sufi, are you going to think that he's upon the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam? No. That's because you know that the Prophet ﷺ passed away and the revelation ended. And the Messenger ﷺ will not come back to this dunya. And Allah says, Because you know that Allah revealed this verse before the death of the Prophet ﷺ and the religion is complete. When you learn, as we shall see inshallah, that there's no bid'ah hasana in the deen, there's no good bid'ah in the deen. If someone comes to you and says, Ya Jama'at al Khayyik, there's a good bid'ah. And we can celebrate the birthday of the Prophet because it's a good bid'ah. Khalas, it's a good bid'ah. Are you going to accept that? Why? Because now you know the Prophet said, Kullu bid'atin dalala. Every innovation is a misguidance. So you won't be misguided by these individuals. But that is when? That is when you learn the foundations of the Salaf. Then he says, Rahimahullah, فَإِنَّ فِي آمَنْ مِنَ النَّاسِ امْتَضَوِ السَّلَفِيَةَ وَهِيَ مِنْهُمْ بَغَاءٌ فَالْأَشَاعِرَةُ يَزْعُمُونَ أَنَّهُمْ مِنْ أَهْلِ السُنَّةِ وَالْجَمَاعَةِ He said, then a lot of people, they claim to be upon the methodology of the Salafu Salih. So the Ashairah, they will say, we are Ahlu Sunnati Wal Jama'ah. They do say that. The Ashairah, who negate the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who don't say Allah fi sama', who don't say that Allah is going to be seen in Yawm Al-Qiyamah, who don't believe that the Quran is the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, had all of these mistakes that they have and deviants that they have in Aqeedah, yet the audacity of them, they still say we are Ahlu Sunnati Wal Jama'ah. And he said, and they have lied. المسلمون, and the Ikhwan Muslimin, the deviant sect of Muslim Brotherhood, they believe that we are, they are from Ahl Sunnah wal And then he says, And there's a big difference between the methodology of Ahl Sunnah wal and what they are upon. Note, when did I say the Sheikh died? 2004. So he said this obviously before when? Before the Arab and before 2004, obviously. So when people say, talk about Ikhwan al-Muslimin today, they will say that it is a, it, the, the, the reason is because it's siyasa. It's because Saudi government said that they are a terrorist organization. So you so-called Salafis are saying that they are, or you're talking about them. You find that even amongst those people who claim to be upon the Salafi methodology. When you talk about the Ikhwan al-Muslimin and you say, Ya Shabab, Shabab, stay away from them because they have this misguidance, they have this misguidance, and they have this misguidance. There are those that attack the people that talk about them and refute them and say, why are you talking about it? It's only, yani, your, the, the reason why you're talking about it is because of siyasa. What is, what, is, yani, what is making you talk about them is only because of siyasa. It is not religious based. And that is badil because the reason why we're talking about Ikhwan al-Muslimin Forget about today. Like, why was the Sheikh talking about Ikhwan Muslimin back then? Were they classed as a terrorist organization in 2004? No. They were only classed as a terrorist organization when it was clear to even the governments that they would try to overthrow them. Like in Sheikh Abdul Salam, rahimahullah, he mentions this before 2004. Why am I saying this? Because there are those people who claim to be upon the Salafi methodology who still say, if you talk about Ikhwan Muslimin, it's only based on siyasa. It is only based on politics. طيب. Then the Sheikh says, Rahimahullah, وَهَذِهِ الْأُصُولُ الَّتِي سَوْفَ أَذْكُرُهَا 
هي متفق عليها بين الدعاة المنهج السلفي قديما وحديثا. And these foundations I'm going to mention now, they are, there's a consensus amongst the Salafi methodology, those people that are upon the Salafi methodology in the past and of today. And that is one of the things or one of the beauties of the Salafi methodology. The fact that a person can reside in Africa and another in Asia and another one in the Middle East and another one in the Americas, yet their aqidah is one. If you were to ask every single one of them to author a 10-page uh, or a book consisting of 10 pages or a booklet consisting of 10 pages in which they talk about their aqidah, wallahi wa rabbul ka'bah, they will say exactly the same thing. Why is that? Why are they, why are they going to alter the same thing? Because they derive their aqidah, their belief from the Quran and the Sunnah. Upon the understanding of who? Sahaba. Will that ever change? No, because the Quran, the revelation has stopped. The Messenger وسلم, he passed away. The Sahaba, they passed away. So we can't get a new Qur'an, nor can we get a new prophet, nor can we get new companions. It's all said and done. Therefore, all we have to do is go back to these great books to understand the methodology of the Salaf al-Salih. Whereas these deviant sects, because they rely on their logic and their intellect, this one differs with this one, and this one differs with this one, and this one differs with this one. And that's why a lot of them when they were about to die, they said, if only I can die on the aqidah of the old women living in Naysabur. If only I can die upon the aqidah of these old women. Because the old, old women, they were upon fitrah. That's why a lot of them would say, وَلَمْ نَسْتَفِدْ مِنْ طُولِ بَحْثِنَا سِوَا جَمَعْنَا قَالُوا وَقِيلَ وَقَالُوا After about 80, 70 years reading books, they would say, all we benefited was hearsay. He said, she said. That's because they didn't take their source from, they didn't go back to the source of the Qur'an and the Sunnah upon the understanding of the Salaf al-Salih. That's why a lot of them during the end of their life they would say, I'm on the aqidah of Ahmed ibn Hanbal. طيب, Ahmed ibn Hanbal, was he a prophet? No. Lakin, the source that he took his aqidah from, just like the source that the other imams took their aqidah from, was the Qur'an and the Sunnah. طيب. Then the Sheikh says, Rahmahullah, وَقَبْلَ أَنْ أَذْكُرَ هَذِهِ الْأُصُولِ وَبَيِّنُهَا so this is very important. He says, before I mention these foundations, I want you to know, in the salafiyyata, that salafiyya, that we call the people to, it is not, it is not like all of these, or any of these jama'at, or sects, or groups, parties, that are around. Why? Ith, because, it is the jama'ah of the Muslims. It is the main body of the Muslims. Whoever believes, everyone that believes, the aqeedah of the salaf salih Pay attention because this is something I mentioned in the muqaddimah. Whoever believes in the aqeedah of the salaf everyone that believes in the belief of the salaf salih and he actually abides by that in his day-to-day living for who is Salafi, then he is a Salafi. Meaning he doesn't need to go to any person. He doesn't need to go to a certain lesson or a certain lecture or a certain group of people or a certain place. The Sheikh says he is a Salafi. We do not differentiate between anyone and anyone. 
وليس لنا ارتباط بغير ولاة أمرنا من حكام وعلم من حكام وعلماء. And we do not have any connection except to our leaders, meaning the rulers and the Muslim and the scholars. ونحن لا نخفي شيئا مما عندنا and we don't hide anything that is with us. Everything that is with us that we say in our private gatherings is that we say that which we say in front of the people. What does he mean this? Uh, Rather, everything that we believe in is found in the books. You can hear in, in, in the lectures that we deliver. There's nothing that is hidden. And there's no organization except the main body of the Muslims. Why is the Sheikh saying that? Because many of these deviant sects and these groups, they hide that which is with them, that which they believe in. And you may not notice this because you haven't dealt with them. Like in their private gatherings, the things that they believe in contradict the methodology of the Salaf al-Salih, but they won't say it out. That's why some of them, they won't clearly say, yeah, I'm from Jama'at al-Ikhwan muslimin Or I believe the Jama'at al-Ikhwan muslimin are upon the Haqq. They won't say that. Like in, they will say that in their private gatherings. They won't say that they believe that all of the Muslim rulers of today are all kuffar. Why? Because that's something that is hidden in their books. And you will find even the books that were written seven, eight hundred, nine year, nine hundred years ago, even the Ashaira, what they teach in the main gatherings in the masajid is different to what they teach to students of knowledge. So they'll say the Quran is the word of Allah to the normal common folk. Like into the students of knowledge, they will say the Quran is makhluq. Like in the Salaf, a Salafiyah is none of that. What you see was, is what you get. Every book that you've studied in this masjid, in any other masjid of Ahlul Sunnah, the belief that is in there is exactly what that teacher believes in and it's exactly what Ahlul Sunnah believe in. Then the Sheikh says, Rahimahullah, and we see when Agal Iqtibat Ulama'i Salaf, Amran Dagoriyan, and we see that it is incumbent upon us, mandatory upon us to hold on to, uh, have a connection with our scholars. وَيُمَثِّلُهُمْ فِي الْقُرُولِ الْمُتَأَخِرَةِ عَيْمَةُ دَعْوَةِ النَّجْزِيَةِ رَحِمَهُمُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَ أَجْمَعِينَ وَمَنْ تَأَثَّرَ بِهِمْ فِي وَقْتِهِمْ وَمَنْ بَعْدَهُمْ وَنَأْخُذُ الْآنَ مِنْ عُلُمَاءِ الْمَعْرُوفِينَ بِالسُنَّةِ So he says it is important for us to connect ourselves to our scholars, the scholars of Ahlul Sunnah. And he says in recent years he mentions the scholars of Najd. For example, uh, the students of Sheikh Muhammad Abdul Wahab and his sons and grandsons and so on and so forth. And then he says in this era as well, he's going to mention some of the names, some imams of the Sunnah in our current uh, contemporary era. And some of these, <coughs> or the majority of them, subhanAllah, have passed away. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy upon every single one of them. So he says, Minhum a Sheikh Abdul Aziz ibn Abdullah ibn Baz, Sheikh ibn Baz rahimahullah, Sheikh Muhammad ibn Nasir al-Din al-Albani rahimahullah, Sheikh Muhammad bin Salih al-Uthaymin rahimahullah, Sheikh Salih bin Fawzan al-Fawzan hafidahullah, and he's alive, hafidahullah, and Sheikh Abdullah ibn Abdurrahman al-Ghudayyan, he passed away, rahimahullah, and Sheikh Salih ibn Abdurrahman al-Atram, he passed away, rahimahullah, and Sheikh Abdul-Muhsin Muhammad al-Abbad, hafidahullah, and he resides in Medina, and Sheikh Abdul-Aziz ibn Abdullah al-Sheikh, hafidahullah, he's the Mufti, of Saudi. Sheikh Bakr ibn Abdullah Abu Zayd rahimahullah, he passed away. Sheikh Salih ibn Muhammad al Haydan, who passed away recently. Rahimahumullahu ajma'in. May Allah Jalla wa ala have mercy upon them. Then there are many scholars, alhamdulillah, alive today in all parts of the world. In all parts of the world. Whether we go to uh, Medina, whether we go to Mecca, whether we go to Riyadh, 
whether we go to Yemen, whether we go to Kuwait, whether we go to Somalia, whether we go to India, whether we go to Pakistan, in all of the lands and all of the places, in all of the continents, you will find people calling to the Tawheed of Allah Jalla wa'ala upon the methodology of the Salafus Salih. Upon the methodology of the Salafus Salih. Whether it's in the UK, whether it's in any other land. And Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, that will never end because the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi said, They will not cease to be a group of people upon the Haqq until Yawm Al-Qiyamah. <coughs> then the Sheikh says, Rahimahullah, However, at the same time, we don't believe that they're infallible, that they can't make mistakes. Rather, they are humans. And just like every human being can make mistakes, then the khata is understandable. And that's why the Salaf would say that everyone's statement is taken and is rejected, except for the Prophet. And he also says we give our importance, we give importance to seeking knowledge. Then a few lines down he says, We read the books of the Aqeed of the Salaf, like the books that deal with the Sunnah of the Prophet, and Sheikh Muhammad Abdul Wahab. And we read the other books as well that are in Aqeedah. And the other books of Sheikh Al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, Sheikh Al-Islam ibn Qayyim, Rahimahullah. And also the books of the students of Sheikh Muhammad Abdul Wahab, <coughs> Rahimahullah. Also he says, الفقه, And we read the books of Fiqh. And we encourage people to memorize the Zad, Zad al-Mustaqni, which is a Hanbali book. Ala shagd an ya'arifa al-dalil. Ala shagd an ya'arifa al-dalil wa an yattabi'a. That on the condition that he knows the dalil and he follows the dalil if it is يعني, in contradiction to what is found in that book and we don't يعني, uh, disparage anyone that memorizes the books of the fiqh rather it is something that is praiseworthy and he says we'll give importance to nahwa and sarf morphology and we look to the books dealing with the adab uh, and poems and so poetry and so on. And we call the people to rectify themselves and we call the people to rectify their akhlaq, their manners, how they deal with their brothers and sisters, how they deal with their families, how they deal with their parents, how they deal with the community and so on and so forth. We encourage them to also give it give extreme importance to that and also their beliefs. <coughs> we also encourage people to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and exert themselves in following the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu and also, and this is very important, the Sheikh says, Rahimahullah, which is very important to know. And we believe that if there's anyone that strives in making a party, a Salafi party, Exactly how these groups are also parties in which they distinguish themselves from the main body of the Muslims, then we are free from him and he is free from us. Then he has made a mistake or they have made a mistake and we are free from them. So now he's pointing towards a very important point which is that Salafiya is not a hizb, it is not a group that is exclusive to someone. If anyone says that Salafiyyah is what I'm upon and no one else, then that is haram. 
That is a hizb That is a party Just like any other party So anyone who says Whoever takes from this sheikh Is a Salafi And whoever doesn't take from him Is not a Salafi And sadly you find it Then that is incorrect That is not the real Salafiyyah That was revealed upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Because Ahlul Sunnah They don't connect themselves to anyone Except the Quran and the Sunnah And anyone who's upon the understanding of Salafus Salih Like to say that Anyone that comes to me Is upon the Haqq And anyone else is upon Batil That is the methodology of the Khawarij The Khawarij when they left the ranks of the companions They went to a place called Harura And they camped out there And they were far from the companions of the Prophet And they said anyone that is with us Is a Muslim And anyone that is in any other camp Is a Kafir Whether he's in Sham Whether he's in Iraq Whether he's in Hijaz, Mecca, Medina Wherever he may be As long as you're not with us You're a Kafir So they adopt this methodology of You're with us or against us and that methodology doesn't work with the Salaf And anyone upon the Salafi methodology Because just because a person doesn't come to your lessons Or your conferences Or doesn't attend your masjid Doesn't mean That he's not upon the Salafi methodology Because you're not the criterion So if I give you an example We can't say Anyone that doesn't attend masjid and know is a mubtadi' If they were sincere Salafis they would come to Masjid al-Nawawi And they wouldn't be nearby They would come to the real people of the Salaf al-Salih And they would come to this Masjid That is Baatri If I say that then that makes me a Hizb So it's important that we don't say that And even stay saying hideous statements like Come and chill out with Ahlul Sunnah Like as if everyone else is outside of Ahlul Sunnah Or come and pray with Ahlul Sunnah Or come to the gatherings of Ahlul Sunnah As if to say that no one else is upon As-Salafiyyah and As-Sunnah That is what the Shaykh Rahimahullah Is referring to So he says فَهَذَا جُمْلَةٌ مَا نَحْنُ عَلَيْهِ That is in summary what we are upon We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us tawfiq Then he says Rahimahullah الأصل الأول الاهتمام والعناية بطلب العلم الشرعي وتفقه في الدين الاهتمام والعناية بطلب العلم الشرعي To give importance To seeking Islamic knowledge and also giving it a tafaqqu fi din and have an understanding of the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knowledge to seek knowledge to act upon knowledge to spread knowledge that is the first asl that the sheikh is going to mention the sheikh says fi hin anna kathiran min al-jama'at al-islamiyah al-yawm in at a time where many of the deviant sects of today, the Jama'at, the groups and parties, at a time when all of these deviant sects they are distant from knowledge, from Islamic knowledge, as for Salafiya, gives great importance. To seeking Islamic knowledge Because it is the core foundation That life is built upon So the development of the individual 
and the development of the community a person cannot develop themselves and the community cannot be developed except with knowledge knowledge it rectifies knowledge it rectifies and ignorance it destroys that's why it is said al-jahilu yufsidu akthar mimma yuslih the jahil the ignorant person he destroys more than he rectifies so even if he does two good things or says two good things he will say 50 bad things because ignorance is a disease and this person doesn't know obviously he's ignorant walida fa inna allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and due to that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala amara nabiyahu muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bil ilmi qabla al qawli wal amal and due to that and due to the importance of knowledge allah jalla wa ala commanded our prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with knowledge before acting he says qala jalla wa ala fa'lam annahu la ilaha illa ana fa'lam annahu la ilaha illa huwa wastaghfir li dhanbika wa lil mu'minin Note how Allah Jalla wa'ala says, فَعْلَمْ نَوْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ That there is no, no one that has the right to be worshipped except Allah. وَاسْتَغْفِرْ لِذَنْبِكَ And seek refuge, seek forgiveness for your shortcomings and your sins. Note how knowledge comes before seeking forgiveness. So Allah Jalla wa'ala commanded his Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to start with knowledge. وَنَحْنُ إِنَّمَا جَعَلْنَا الْعِلْمَ بِدَايَةِ الْأُصُولِ And we've only made knowledge of the first asal لِأَنَّ السُّبُلَ كَثِيرًا Because the paths are many. وَكُلُّهَا سُبُلُ مُتَاهَاتٍ إِلَّا سَبِيلَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ كَمَا قَالَ جَعَلْ جَلَّهُ وَعَلَى Lakin all of these other parts are part of, part of this array and misguidance except the path of the Prophet And he read the verse of Allah They say this is my straight path So follow it And do not follow the paths so that it may mislead you And on this hadith the Prophet On this verse the Prophet with the companions one day In a hadith narrated by Imam Ahmed from the hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he drew a long line on with using his stick, long line across the floor. And then he drew other paths on the side of that long line. <coughs> and he said, هذا سبيل الله. That is the path of Allah. Meaning that straight path is the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And all of these sabils, all of these paths, at the head of every one of them is a shaitan diverting you away. The Shaykh says, Rahimahullah, Wala sabila ila suluk is sabili sunna illa bil ilmi ledi yakshiful hakaika, wayunira tari, wayunira tariqa, walidalika kalallahu subhanahu wa ta'ala, ulhadihi sabili. And there is no way the Shaykh says of taking the path of the sunnah except with knowledge. A ledi yakshiful hakaika, and that clarifies the hakaik, wayunira tariq, and that which clarifies. And enlightens the path for you. Enlightens the path for you. And for that reason, Allah says, Say this is my path. Say, O Muhammad, this is my path. I call to Allah with knowledge. 
me and those that come after me and those that follow me. So the Sheikh says, Rahimahullah, he started with knowledge because knowledge is the foundation of every goodness. Ala basiratin means ala burani wa wa So the only way that a person can call to the way of Allah, the only way that the person can practice what Allah commands him to practice is with knowledge. Is with knowledge. يقول إمام أحمد رحمه الله الناس إلى تعلم العلم أحوج منهم إلى الطعام والشراب People are in need more of knowledge than they are in need of eating and drinking Why is that? لأن رجل because of the man يحتاج إلى الطعام والشراب في اليوم مرة أو مرتين Because you only need about you know you only need to eat once or twice every day وحاجته إلى العلم بعدد أنفاسه لكن as for your need of knowledge it is by the amount of times that you breathe you're constantly in need of knowledge. You're constantly in need of knowledge. And from that which is necessary, necessary to know, seek knowledge is of two types. A fagd upon every single individual. A fagd, or knowledge that is wajib upon every single one of us, and knowledge that is compulsory upon the Muslim community as a whole. أما الأول أسفد فاس فهو الذي يقول فيه شيخ الإسلام محمد عبد الوهاب رحمه الله في كتابه أصول ثلاث إعلام رحمك الله أنه يجب علينا تعلم أربع مسائل الأولى العلم وهو معرفة الله ومعرفة النبي ومعرفة دين الإسلام بالأدلة. Now the first type is the type that Sheikh Muhammad Abdul Wahab رحمه الله mentions in his book أصول ثلاثة and he says that know that it is wajib know may Allah have mercy upon you that it is wajib for us to learn four things and this is something that you've all studied in أصول ثلاثة. الأولى the first of these مسائل is knowledge. So the first thing that you need to have is knowledge. And what is that knowledge? It is knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and knowing the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and knowing al-Islam with evidences. That is the first type of knowledge that the Shaykh is referring to. وَقَدْ بَيَّنَ الْإِمَامَ أَحْمَدَ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهِ مَا يَجْبَ عَلَى الْمُسْلِمَ يَتَعَلَّمُهُ And Imam Ahmed clarified what it is that the person actually needs to learn. He says, It is wajib that we as individuals, we learn from our religion that which we can practice our religion with. We're required to pray five times. We're required to come with tawheed. And we're required to pray. We're required to fast. Zakat and so on. These things that we're required to do, learning the knowledge pertaining to it is wajib. So for you to learn how to pray, it is wajib. You don't have a choice in the matter. For you to learn how to fast, you must learn how to fast, the rulings pertaining to fast, what breaks your fast, what doesn't break your fast, when do you actually start the fast, and so on. Then the Sheikh says, Rahimahul Imam Ahmed, قيل له مثل أي شيء, like what, he says, قال الذي لا يسعه جهله صلاته وصيامه ونحو they said to him, like what? What exactly is it that he needs to learn? He says that which he cannot be ignorant of. It is not feasible for him to be ignorant of it. Such as what? Such as his salah and his fasting. So the Sheikh says, with regards to the foundations of Iman, the pillars of Iman, and the pillars of Islam, and staying away from the muharamat, and 
knowing that which you need from dealings, buying and selling. For example, if you're a person who has a shop or you're a person who's a businessman, businessman or businesswoman, no, buying and selling, trading, you need to know the rulings of buying and selling, trading, which is taught in the books of fiqh. So he says the Sheikh, it is important that he knows rulings pertaining to it. For example, if a person doesn't have any wealth, at that particular time, it's not wajib for him to know the rulings connected to zakah. Because he doesn't have to pay zakah. But the moment he does have wealth and he needs to pay zakah, then he needs to know the rulings connected to zakah. And asking the people of knowledge is knowledge, is seeking knowledge. Whoever asks the people of knowledge, for verily the person who asks the people of knowledge, then he has sought guidance in his religion. And he has done what Allah told him to do, commanded him with. Commanded him with. Allah says, فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ ذِكْرِ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Allah Jalla wa ala says, ask the people of knowledge if you do not know. بِالْبَيْنَاتِ وَالزُّبَقُ So ask the people of knowledge if you do not know. فَهَذَا هُوَ طَلَبُ الْعُلْمِ الَّذِي فَغِيدَةٌ عَلَى كُلِّ مُسْلِمٍ الَّذِي هُوَ فَغِيدَةٌ عَلَى كُلِّ مُسْلِمٍ So that type is what is wajib upon every single Muslim. How many types of knowledge are there? Tawheed, Salah, Siyam, fasting, yeah, the things that are muhagram, and if a person has, is a person that trades and so on. thani, as for the second type of knowledge, it is fagdul kifaya, meaning it is fagd that if a per certain part of the community have knowledge of it, then the, the blame or the responsibility is lifted from the rest of the community. So he says that fagdu kifaya it is not wajib upon you to learn, i.e., knowledge of inheritance, how to bury, and how to do salat al janazah. It is not wajib as an individual, it's not wajib upon you as an individual, it is wajib upon the community as a whole. As long as we have enough people to be able to practice that then the responsibility is lifted from the rest of the community. طيب. Lakin the Sheikh says, even that type of knowledge it is a sunnah to learn. And it is more virtuous than many other acts. It is more virtuous than many other acts. Why? Because knowledge, the benefit of knowledge is that knowledge is muta'addin. It goes over to other people. It passes over to other people. So when you teach someone... Not only have you taught them, like you will teach the people that they teach as well. So knowledge passes down through the generations and it spreads through to, into the ummah. Like if you, مثلاً, say I'm not going to seek knowledge, like I'm going to, مثلاً, مثلاً, I'm going to pray Qiyamul Layl every night. That Qiyamul Layl is excellent, it is good and it is sunnah that we must do. Like you're only being rewarded for that. Whereas if you teach someone, then you will be rewarded for their, uh, for, for their ibadah. That's why the Sheikh says, Rahimahullah. When Nahnu Kad Adrakna Bada Sinni, Bada Kibara Sinni, Bibaladina Hada, Minal Amati, Afaduna Bada Mutun, Akhid, Kusul, Tarat, Wakashi, Bad, Wakab, Tahiri, Afaduna, Adam, Meshi, La Sala, Wakula Hada, Minatari, Dawati, Imam Hamdan, Rahimahullah, Tawasia. He said, and we witnessed some of the people, some, some of the people that are older in our communities, يعني, during the time of the Sheikh. He says that many of them would have memorized Usul Tarata, Kashishibuhat, Kitab Tahid. These books by Sheikh Muhammad Abdul Wahab, and he says that that is from the blessings of this da'wah. 
that is the blessings of the da'wah of Sheikh Muhammad Abdul Wahab rahimahullah ta'ala rahmatullah wasi'ah and knowledge in general the blessings of knowledge they go far and beyond how many times do we hear Sheikh qala Sheikh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah qala Sheikh al-Islam ibn Qayyim qala Imam Ahmed qala Imam Shafi'i how many times do we hear all the time even now we hear what Sahahahu al-Albani Da'afahu al-Albani Al-Bani declared it Graded it to be weak Al-Bani graded it to be sahih We hear it all the time Ibn Uthaymin said this This is the strong opinion According to Ibn Uthaymin And so on Ibn Baz And Fawzan and so on That is the not ben, That is the barakah Or the blessing of knowledge Not because of who they are These individuals No Lacking because of the knowledge That they carry Because of the knowledge That they carry Even the companions Of Allah Ta'ala alayhim When we're talking about The tafsir of the Quran who do we mention? Abdullah ibn Abbas, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, Abdullah ibn Umar, and so on. Mu'ad ibn Jabal radiallahu anhu. That's why the Prophet said, Mu'ad ibn Jabal, he's the most knowledgeable person of halal and haram. And he's the, the leader of the scholars, Yawm al-Qiyamah. So knowledge has this benefit. And that's why we should strive to learn the kitab of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So then the sheikh, <coughs> the sheikh carries on. And he mentions the benefits of uh, the da'wah of Sheikh Muhammad Abdul Wahab in Al-Mamlak Al-Arabiya Saudiya. Lakin, I just want to point out one thing before moving on to the types of books that we should study. Sheikh Muhammad Abdul Wahab was a man who lived in the Arabian Peninsula. He quoted the Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Lakin, what did he do in the Arabian Peninsula? What did he do in Jazeera Al-Arabiya? He removed what? Shirk. Tombs, shrines that would be worshipped other than Allah Jalla wa'ala. He destroyed all signs of shirk. He called the people to the tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it remained like that till today. So let's forget about who Muhammad Abdul Wahab was. Let's say we're not going to have ta'asub to him because we don't have ta'asub to him. Like, let's just look at his da'wah. The da'wah for any just person that he came with, any person who is just, the da'wah that he came with, is it not similar to the da'wah of the Prophet ﷺ? When the Messenger ﷺ started his da'wah in Mecca, did he not call to what Shaykh Muhammad Abdul exactly the same thing as Shaykh Muhammad Abdul Wahab called to? So where did the Prophet, where did Shaykh Muhammad Abdul Wahab get his da'wah from? The Messenger ﷺ. And here we are now studying Kitab Tawheed. Usul al-Thalatha, Al-Qawa'id al-Aqba'a, Nawaqud al-Islam. These books that this great Imam offered, that shows the barakah, the blessing of this da'wah. It has passed Saudi Arabia. Where has it gone to? Every part of the world. Is there a part of the world today that the books of Sheikh Muhammad Abdul Wahab are not in? I doubt it. Maybe in the Amazon forest, Allahu Alam. Lakin, I doubt it. Taib, put that to one side. Let's go to Hassan al-Banna. The man that founded Al-Ikhwan Muslimin. Jama'at Al-Ikhwan Muslimin. Where did he start off? Egypt. In Egypt, do we not find idols being worshipped? Khalif, forget about now. During his time, did he destroy any idols being worshipped besides Allah? Did he get rid of any shrines? La, rather, he says he used to go to them. He says he used to go to them, man. He says he used to go to these gatherings where the Prophet was going to come on Thursday nights and so on. I'm not mocking, that's what it says in his books. 
So compare the da'wah of Sheikh Muhammad Abdul Wahab to the da'wah of Hassan al-Banna. We don't see the, we, well, we see the traces of the da'wah of Hassan al-Banna, but in a negative way today, in the UK. And in every part of the world. Like, why is that? Because when Hassan al-Banna started, it was a political movement. It wasn't in order to make the kalimatullahi hiya al-uliya, so that the word of Allah can be most high. That's why he's not mentioned in good. That's why if we get his books now, we won't find verses of the Kitab of Allah, a hadith of the Sunnah of the Prophet Now, why am I why am I mentioning this? It's not so that you can insult him or talk about him. Lakin, I want you to understand that the truth is not based on men. The truth is based on qala Allah, muqala Rasul, wa qala Sahaba. Allah said, the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, and the companions said. That is what knowledge is. And that is what benefits the Ummah. So if you want to benefit yourself and benefit the Ummah, then learn, learn Al-Ilm Al-Shari'i upon the methodology of the Prophet Sallallahu Then the Sheikh says he's going to mention a few books that we can study. He says if the student knowledge memorizes, for example, Aqidah Wasatiyah, Sheikh Al-Islam, he mentions a narration by Sheikh Sa'di Rahimahullah. And he says, Imam Sa'di says, there are many ways to learn. And there are many ways to start off. There are many books that you can start off with. Like, and he says, like, مثلاً, for example, where he was in his madrasa, Imam Sa'id, rahimahullah, maybe memorizing Aqeedah Wasatiyah, Kitab Tawheed, Usul Al-Thalatha, with Sheikh Muhammad Abdul Wahab, rahimahullah. And when it comes to fiqh, for example, Mukhtasar Dalil, yeah, a book which is Talib, Dalil Talib, which is in the Hanbali fiqh, and also Zad Al-Mustaqni, memorizing that, and in Hadith, Bulugh Al-Maram, and in Nahu Ajrumiyya, studying these books, if a person studies these books and studies the explanations under a teacher, then they will get a good grasp of knowledge. Now, in the UK, obviously, there's no specific madhab that is practiced. Like in, there are many books that you can start off with for every level. For example, Fiqh, Shurudu Salah wa Akanuha, Zadul Mustaqni, Matnu Abi Shuja'a. These sorts of books are good for Fiqh. And they're good starting points, I mean, for being well grounded in fiqh. In hadith, for example, Agbirin and Nawawiya, Umdat al and so on. In Aqeedah, Usul al-Thalatha, Qawa'id al-Aqba'a, Kitab al-Tawheed, Kashu Shubuhat, Aqeedah Wasatiya, and so on. Usul al-Sunnah al-Imam Ahmed, Aqeedah al-Raziya, and these sorts of books for Aqeedah. Usul, for example, starting with Al-Usul min Ilm Al-Usul by Sheikh Ibn Uthaymin Rahimahullah. Qawa'id al-Fiqhiya, starting with, for example, the Mandum, the lines of poetry, Al-Qawa'id al-Fiqhiya, Sheikh Sa'di Rahimahullah. When it comes to Mustalah Hadith, maybe Bayquniya or Nukhbat al-Fiqh. So these these sorts of books are a good starting point for the student of knowledge. And if a person doesn't take knowledge from these basic books, then they won't understand that which is after it. For example, if you say, I'm going to start with Bukhari, I'm going to start with Bukhari and Muslim. Are they not the most two authentic books that compile the Prophet's Sunnah? I'm going to start with them. If a person says that, they're not going to get anywhere in knowledge. So it's important to have a methodology of Sikh knowledge. That is the first asal that the Sheikh mentions, which is what? Knowledge, given it extreme importance. With knowledge, you'll be able to differentiate the haqq from the falsehood. That truth from that which is false. And it's important as youngsters that you start learning now. That you start learning 
to benefit yourself, to preserve yourself. Knowledge preserves you. With wealth, you have to preserve it. You have to make sure you put it in your wallet. You have to make sure no one has your account details and you have to look after your card and so on. You have to preserve wealth. Like in knowledge, it preserves you. Because now you know that this is haram, you're going to stay away from it. This is wajib, I must do it. So knowledge, it preserves you and it looks after you. Then the Sheikh says, Rahimahullah, Al-Asl Thani, the second Asl, Al-Hijr ala tatbiq al-Amali lil-Islam. The Sheikh says, Rahimahullah, <coughs> striving in order to implement Al-Islam. In order to implement Al-Islam. And the reason why the Sheikh mentions this secondly, is because why do we learn? In order to act upon that knowledge. We learn in order to act upon that knowledge. And why is it a foundation from the foundations of the Sunnah? Because Allah commands us to worship Him. And you cannot worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except with knowledge. So now that you have that knowledge, go to the second part of the verse. Now that you have the knowledge, in the first asal we've learned the knowledge. Go over to the second asal, which is what? To act upon that knowledge. And where is, what is the connection between this and the one that has preceded? Because you cannot act upon anything without knowledge, right? Secondly, why is this a foundation from the foundations of the Sunnah? Foundations of Da'wah Salafiyyah? Because all of the other deviant sects, they don't encourage the people to do that. Their main aim is how they can get to government. How they can sit on that chair. How they can rebel against the hukam. How they can say everyone is a kafir. How they can do da'af around the earth. That is their main objective. As for the person that is a Salafi, upon the Salafi methodology, his main aim is that they practice, that the people practice the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For example, Imam al-Bani would say, establish Islam within yourselves, and you will get a government that establishes al-Islam. Like can establish it within yourselves. Like you will find, as the Sheikh will say, many of these deviant sects, they don't implement knowledge. Yet, they were quick to call other people kufang. And I'll give you a simple example. Go to, a, whenever you're praying Jum'ah, when you go to a Salafi masjid, a person, a masjid upon the Sunnah, and the Khatib is upon the Sunnah, he will say to you, قال الله تعالى, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in this hadith Allah uh, the Prophet said in this verse Allah said and the Sahaba said and so on verse after verse hadith after hadith as for the masajid the people that are deviated from the sunnah storytelling he said this and they'll give you a very mashallah, powerful khutbah but when you come out you think what did I really benefit it was a powerful khutbah but what now I can't exactly change the world with a magic wand, can I? So you leave the khutbah not benefiting anything. And you're lucky if you hear one verse or two verses. Maybe the only verse that you hear is uh, uh, the verses in khutbah al-hajjah. That's probably the only verse you will hear. Lakin, the Salafis, Ahl-Sunnah, they will bombard you with qala Allah wa qala Rasul. That is where this comes in 
to actually implement in Islam. So the Sheikh says, Rahimahullah, when I mean striving, I mean that person strives to implement things that are obligatory upon us as Muslims, like the five daily prayers, like being dutiful to your parents, and so on and so forth, and also implementing the Sunnah of the Prophet. So, for example, if a person says, I am a Salafi, yet they disrespect their parents, they insult their parents, they don't listen to their parents, then there is some, there's a deficiency in his Salafiyyah. Because what does Salafiyyah teach you? Salafiyyah doesn't teach you only about aqidah. It teaches you akhlaq. That's why a Salafiyyah is manhajun mutakamil. It is a complete way of life. So if you find yourself not listening to your parents, and you, when your parents advise you or ask you to do something for them, then know that there's a deficiency in your Salafiyyah. Because Salafiyyah is what? Allah mentioned the tawheed of Allah that he has commanded us with and to do ihsan, to do goodness and to be kind and respectful to our parents. So that is extremely important. Why is it, because, why is it important to mention this? Because there are those from among us who, mashallah, they pray their five daily prayers they uh, pray Qiyamul Layl, fast Mondays and Thursdays and so on. Lakin, they don't respect their elders. They don't respect their parents. And no doubt that that is a deficiency. If you see, you're all young, alhamdulillah. If you see a person practicing the religion of Islam and they, they're older than you, or they've got grey beards, or there's grey in their beard, then you should automatically respect them because of that. Because inshallah, they've been upon the sunnah longer than you. They've been worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala longer than you and they've done more ibadah than you, inshallah. So it's important that you respect them. So just because when you have when you follow the Salafi methodology, it should not cause you to now walk around with a chip on your shoulder and say, I'm a Salafi, I'm better than everyone else. Allah says, Fala, Do not praise yourself and Start asking people with an ID card, what are you, what are you, and thinking that you're better than them. La. You're only better than the person depending on your piety. Allah Jalla says, Inna akramakum atqakum. The noble person among you, or the most honorable, is that, that the person that fears Allah Jalla the most. And it's, and especially among the youth now, mashallah, now many of our youth are practicing. But you know when there's a lot of you that are practicing, alhamdulillah, but unfortunately there are also a lot of our shabab, our Muslim brothers and sisters that are not practicing. They need to see good conduct in you so that they can think, well, that's the beauty of Islam. And then they can now strive to be like you. Strive to practice Islam better than us. Like if you act in a disrespectful manner and you belittle them and so on and so forth, they're going to think, forget about these people. They're munafiqun. They're hypocrites. And don't forget, you as a practicing young Muslim, you will be judged in a way which is harsh. So if they see you doing anything, they say, look, he's practicing and he's doing that. 
Whereas the one that is not practicing can commit a million sins. No one will look at it. Like you as a young Muslim practicing, you're an ambassador for Al-Islam. Then the Sheikh says, Rahimahullah, Yaqul Abdul Rahman Al-Sulim Rahimahullah, حَدَّثُونَ الَّذِينَ كَانُوا يُقْرِئُونَ لَلْقُرْآنَ يعني الصحابة أنهم كانوا يستقرؤون من رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فكانوا إذا تعلم عشر آيات لم يخلفوها حتى يعملوا بما فيها من العمل فتعلمنا القرآن والعمل جميعا He mentions a narration by Abdurrahman al-Sulim rahimahullah from the Tabi'in He says that the Sahaba when they were teaching us the Quran they would say that we would go to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and we would learn ten verses after learning these ten verses what would we do? We'd go back Learn, memorize, implement whatever knowledge is found in these 10 verses Then we would go back to the Prophet ﷺ and we'd learn 10 more verses So that's how we have to be Every time you learn something, try to implement it Every type of knowledge that you learn, try to implement it Imam Ahmad to the extent that he said one time That because the Prophet ﷺ got it done hijama and he gave a dinar I believe it was to the person that does the hijama, he done the hijama and he gave the person a dinar. Why is that? In order to implement the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ in every way. فَهَذَا هُوَ الْمَنْهَجُ السَّلَفِ رَحِمَهُ السَّلَفِ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى رَحِمَهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى عَلَيْهِمْ يَقْرِنُونَ الْعِلْمَ بِالْعَمَلِ لِأَنَّ الْعِلْمَ لِأَنَّ الْعَمَلَ بِالْعِلْمِ يُخْلِصُ أو يخلص من الوعيد الشديد المترتب على تنك العمل الواجب في قوله تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا لما تقولون ما لا تفعلون كبر مقت عند الله تقولون ما لا تفعلون الشيخ سيد رحمه الله that is the salafi methodology to act upon that which you learn to connect knowledge with action to follow up knowledge with an action because that is when you will be free from the blame that Allah جل وعلا mentions oh you who believe why do you say that which you do not do it is disliked in the sight of Allah سبحانه وتعالى that you say that which you do not do. And that will help us to stay away from being hypocrites. Because when it comes on, when you act upon your knowledge, Allah, the Sheikh says, because if you act upon your knowledge, then that is the opposite of what the Jews were blamed for. Allah Jalla wa'ala blamed the Jews for what? That they had scriptures, they had books. Lakin, it was like a donkey carrying books. Meaning they did not act upon it. They did not act upon it. So if we don't act upon our knowledge, then that is how we will be. وَفِي الْعَمَلِ وَفِي الْعَمَلِ بِالْعِلْمِ الْوَصُولِ إِلَى الْغَايَةِ الْمَنْشُودَةِ بِطَلَبِ الْعِلْمِ وَلِذَلِكَ قَالُ فُذَيْلِ بِنْ عِيَادَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ And when we seek knowledge, and we act upon our knowledge, We've attained the reason or we've achieved the reason for seeking knowledge, which is what? To act upon our knowledge. Fudayl ibn Iyad, who is from the Salaf, he said, Rahimahullah, La yazalul alim jahilan. The alim, the scholar, will always con- will continue to be ignorant bima alima in that which he knows, hatta ya'mala bihi. The alim will continue to be ignorant of that which he knows until he acts upon it. Meaning, when will he truly be a person of knowledge? When he has knowledge of it and and acts upon it. فَإِذَا عَمِلَ بِهِ If he acts upon that which he knows, كَانَ عَالِمًا That's when he becomes a alim. So if you see a alim that is not acting upon, a person of knowledge that is not acting upon their knowledge, then they're not a alim. The alim is the one that has knowledge and acts upon his knowledge. فَالدَّعْوَةُ السَّلَفِيَّةُ تُعْنَى بِهَذَا الْأَصْلِ The al-salafiyya gives extreme importance to that. وَتَرْعَاهُ وَتَحُثُ النَّاسَ وَتَحُثُ النَّاسَ عَلَى الْإِشْتِغَالِ بِهِ فَإِنَّ الْإِشْتِغَالَ بِالْعَمَلِ أَنْفَعُ مِنَ الْإِشْتِغَالَ بِمَا لَا فَائِدَةِ فِيهِ مِنْ كَلَامٍ مُبَاحٍ 
So the Sheikh says, Rahimahullah, gives great importance to this, to acting upon knowledge, to acting upon that which will benefit you, and leaving alone that which is mubah, leaving alone that which is mubah, and doing it excessively, like just talking, just going to gatherings, just for the sake of it. That is not good. Although it is permissible, like it is not good. It is better, rather than doing things, just socializing for the sake of socializing, it is better for you to be at home, reading a book, studying, or praying, or sitting in the masjid, the houses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then the shaykh says, فَلَوْ أَنَّ شَبَابَنَا وَفَقَهُمُ اللَّهِ If only our shabab, may Allah give them tawfiq. قاموا بهذا الأصل حق القيام لسلم من الوقوع في كثير من الأمور التي ليست من خصائصهم والتي الاشتغال بها تضيعة للوقت كاشتغال بتتبع السياسات. And he says, if only our shabab, our youth, if only they busied themselves with knowledge and acting upon that knowledge, they would be saved from a lot of the problems that we see now, where a lot of people they busy themselves with politics. What happens? What happened here? What happened in this place? What did he say? What did he not say? So all of these umur, these are not from the affairs of a student of knowledge. That's what journalists do. You're not a journalist. You are a student of knowledge. So busy yourself with that which a student of knowledge busies himself with. Then the Sheikh says, in summary, in summary, he says that the Shabab of this Ummah, they need to first learn. Once they learn the Sharia of Allah, they need to implement it. Once they implement it, they need to teach it and do, do that which benefits them. And that they don't come out of their lane. Your lane is a student of knowledge. Your role is the student of knowledge. Your role is the role of the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You're following those who the Prophet said about Warathatul Anbiya. Al ulama Warathatul Anbiya. The scholars are the inheritors of the prophets. You being a student of knowledge, you possess some of their inheritance of the Prophet You as a student of knowledge, you're closer to the Prophet than billions, millions of people. Why is that? Because you have his inheritance. And the amount of inheritance of the Prophet that you have depends on how you strive. When a person dies, who inherits him? The closest of people. How do they inherit him? Let's say, for example, if a person has two sons, a man dies, he has two sons, a wife, and two brothers, and two second cousins, or two cousins, and six friends. Who inherits? Mathalan, a man, he leaves behind two sons, Muhammad and Ahmed, and a wife, Umm Muhammad, three people, sah? And he leaves behind two brothers He's shaqiq, he's full brother And he leaves behind two cousins And he leaves behind a million followers even on social media Who inherits him? The family The sons and the wife Why is that? They're the closest However, there's something else I want to bring to your attention Even those people that inherit how much do they inherit? Is it not limited? They can't say, listen, I'm going to take everything. Laugh. 
the mother gets her portion, one eighth, and the two sons they split the what whatever is left. One son can't say I'm going to take everything, and one son or one of them can or the wife they can't say right I'm going to do overtime so I can inherit more of my wife, more of my deceased husband, sah. But like with the inheritance of the Prophet sallallahu you can work overtime to inherit more. You work overtime, you inherit more. The more you strive in seeking knowledge, the more of inheritance of the Prophet sallallahu you gain. That's why Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu one day, he went to the marketplace and he said to them, uh, what is it? Mali Arakum, what is it that I see you here? Why is it that I see you here when the inheritance of the Prophet is being distributed in the masjid? And they ran because they knew when the Prophet gave money, he, gave, he would give a lot. Sometimes he would give a man a hundred camels. So they knew the Prophet was generous. So when they thought that, they, when, he, when Abu Bakr said to them, the inheritance of the Prophet has been distributed in the masjid and you're in the marketplace. They went thinking they're going to find land and camels and wealth and gold and so on. Like when they got to the masjid, they saw lessons being taught, a hadith being taught, <coughs> the book of Allah being taught. Why? Because that is the inheritance of the Prophet. That is literally the only type of inheritance that a person can do over time to gain more. Other than that, even the closest of people to you, you're only going to get a certain amount. Lacking the Prophet Sallallahu inheritance is vast. We just have to strive day and night to gain more and more and more until Allah makes us upon from those who inherit the Prophet Sallallahu truly. Lacking the only way that we can do so is if we act upon our knowledge and if we busy ourselves <coughs> with uh, that which will benefit us. And a lot of the things that Confuse the shabab nowadays is they get involved in uh, spats on on or things on social media, making comments on videos. He said this and he said that. He's upon this and he's not upon this and he's a mubtadi. He's a hizbi. It's not none of your business. That is none of your business. Your role as a student of knowledge is to busy yourself with a student with knowledge. When a person is at work, let's say a person is a security guard in a certain building. If something happens across the other side of the street, right at the end of the street, he can see a car being broken into. Is it his role to go back, go to the end of the street and stop them? Is that his job? No. So you as a student of knowledge, you should busy yourself with qala Allah wa qala Rasul. The books that you studied, revise them. The books that you haven't studied, Memorize them and revise them and study them. The book of Allah, memorize it. <coughs> that is what determines what you will be in 10, 20 years' time. There are many people who 20 years ago busied themselves with he said and she said. Hearsay. This alim said this, this alim said that. He went here and he came here, he went to this place and he. So many different things. 20 years later, they cannot read the Qur'an properly. They do not know a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. If you ask them a simple question, on Mas'al al-Khufayn, wiping over the socks, they may not be able to tell you. Why is that? It's not because these things are hidden. It is because they have busied themselves with that which won't benefit them. Is that understood? Tayyip.